We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaito Shaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. Hello and welcome to Storied San Francisco, a podcast all about the people and places that make this city unique. I'm your host, Jeff Hunt. I'm really excited about this one. I've been aware of Friends of the Urban Forest for almost as long as I've lived in the city. They're unmistakable street trees, with stakes and watering bags and the nonprofit's logo are ubiquitous here. But despite their 40-year-plus effort, San Francisco still has a long way to go to get the kind of canopy cover we need. Joining me in this episode are FUF's Executive Director, Brian Wiedenmeyer, and Tree Planting Program Manager, Zema Kasahun. First up, we'll hear from Zema. My name is Zema Kasahun, and I am the Tree Planting Program Manager at Friends of the Urban Forest. If you see three stakes, three cross braces, and a FUF sticker, Someone on my team likely planted that tree. <laughs> yes, and I love how you like have you know exactly what those things are called. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the things with the thing and the yeah. That's why they hired me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was born in Riverside, California. Um, so born and raised in SoCal. Mm-hmm. And my sister, who's not even a year older than me, um, went to SFSU, San yeah, Francisco State University. And at the time when she went, I remember being so jealous because I would visit San Francisco mm-hmm. and I was like, this is literally the coolest city I've I've ever seen like wow. and it was I considered it my mecca for years like mm. I would come every year and I had mm. like a plan that I would do and I was always like wouldn't it be so cool if I could live there but I never really thought it was gonna happen I was like I do forestry there are no trees in San Francisco <laughs> we can talk about that later as well um, and then fast forward a few years I um, so I got my undergraduate degree in environmental science and policy in the East Coast, and I, you know, meandered my way through various universities doing forestry and ecophysiology. And then I was like, man, like I would really love to see some applicable change and mm. actually apply what I've learned. And at the time, my sister still lived in the area, and I was like, I don't know what to do next. And she's like, just come out here. You've always loved it. We'll figure it out. And so I applied for a job applied for Friends of the Urban Forest, and I like started doing some digging, and I was like, man, that's a cool organization. Like, I was really about it. And You just dropped the first pun, by the way. So what did I say? You said you started doing some digging. <laughs> I'm going to call that a tree planting pun. That was yeah. the first hole of yeah. many. You just gave me the green the light. The seed of many other puns yeah. to come. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad y'all started it, because <laughs> yeah. I'll just be like, boom, 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 boom. I love puns, yeah. so yeah. thank you. Awesome. <laughs> so you said, like, uh, you know, not a lot of trees in San Francisco. Did you not visit like Golden Gate Park or Presidio like what kind of things were you doing when you would visit your sister here so I would visit all those places and to me from my brain like coming from Southern California I was like wow this place is so green (laughs) fast forward to me working here come to learn this city has one of the lowest canopy cover of any large city in the United States okay we're right about 11 12 percent okay and we're looking at like 19 20 percent in other urban cities so we're we're lacking a little bit which is what Mm -hmm. makes what we do so important 
okay, I love it. I'm already learning and I want to learn a lot more <laughs> because I, you know, I think a, a lot of my listeners won't know those kinds of things. Surprises everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, um, when we think, when we, when I think of canopy, I think of certain spots in the city, mm-hmm. like streets, like, uh, Folsom over in the mission mm-hmm. where it's, I don't even know what kind of trees those are, but I love Folsom street. Are you talking about the, the palm trees? No. The Chinese elm. Chinese oh. elm. That makes sense. Yeah. So like if you're coming down off of Bernal Hill, you can even see it from a top, from up top there. You're just like, there's a weird row of all green. And then everything yeah. else is like concrete and buildings. But um, yeah, if only we could make the whole city like Folsom Street, just a little. We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so your sister being here probably was a factor. Um, but like, can you speak to like, what drew you here? Like you, you called it a Mecca. Like what is it about San Francisco or was it that you're like, I'm going to go there? A couple of things. Sure. I was in South Carolina where the predominant culture was one that did not align with my own. Yeah. And I found that, um, anytime I visited San Francisco, mm-hmm. it was the complete opposite. Okay. Like it was like my parents used to always joke, like you can find like 30 of me in San oh. Francisco. And I was like, Oh, they're right. No, they're pretty, they're pretty spot on. Totally. <laughs> I think that draws a lot of people here. Yeah. And do, and then after you came here, did you feel like, Oh yeah, I found my people. I found my place. You know, I definitely feel that way working at the organization. Yeah. Uh, first yeah. and foremost, like I talk about this a lot, but my team is made up of the coolest people in the city. They're really cool. Like mm-hmm. really, really cool. Okay. One of which is a San Francisco native and he is constantly teaching me new things like nice. Lobos Creek's finest, that water you're drinking. Oh, it's delicious. This is from the Presidio. Okay. You can't find that water anywhere else. That's not Hetch Hetchy. I'm Brian Wiedenmeyer, Executive Director of Friends of the Urban Forest, and I came to San Francisco in 2006 um, without a job or a place to live or any real idea of what I was going to do here. More feasible um, in 2006 than I, it is. Slightly, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think like a lot of queer people, I looked to San Francisco as a place where I felt like I belonged. and could be accepted and live my life fully without worry. Um, and, you know, 2006, you know, we've made a lot of progress in the last 17 years. We, you know, I was from, from the Midwest originally, grew up in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, lived in Minneapolis right before I came here, though. Okay. And so, yeah, I think I had visited once before, only once. Oh. Um, and you had felt an affinity for the people, was enchanted by the landscape. Mm, yeah. Um, and I'll say part of what what drew me to San Francisco, not specifically just the trees, but um, the things that grow here year round. Um, from somebody that comes from a place where it snows and is cold yeah. six or seven months out of the year, the idea that in you know January there are flowers mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and I didn't know any of the trees or play. It was a completely different and foreign set of. Uh, you know, flora for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something magic about it too. You know, there's, um, somebody asked me recently what, if I thought San Francisco should have an official tree, what should it be? Hmm. It already has an official tree, by the way. It's uncle John's tree outside of McLaren lodge. Oh, like um, a specific tree, not tree, a type of tree, the giant Monterey Cypress yeah. that's in front of McLaren lodge and Golden Gate park. Okay. That John McLaren planted anyway. Okay. But I said it should be the weeping bottle brush which is not native to California or San Francisco and is going to get me in a lot of trouble, but um, <laughs> is native to Australia. 
But it looks like it's from a Dr. Seuss book. It, oh. looks, uh, it has the big red flowers and this kind of spindly, and then the, the leaves that stay evergreen, they're very short, and I'm going to forget the word for that. There's a term for the shape of it. Oh, I think I had this in a crossword puzzle recently, and I'm forgetting anyway. the answer. <laughs> Again, I'm not, I'm not a biologist by training, but um, yeah, so what brought me to here was, I think, the culture, what attracts so many people over the years, um, and I've ended up making my home here. I would say the number one answers to that question is culture slash like history, meaning like the mm -hmm. artistic community, the queer communities, the sometimes entrepreneurial for better or worse communities. Um, and then the natural yeah. landscape, flora, fauna, that kind of thing. And those are probably the number one answers mm -hmm. to, to that question that I've found. So, um, so a far cry from, Wisconsin, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And you said you've been here 17 years. Um, do you want to talk about what you had been doing up until the time? And I don't. And, and yeah, also, how so, long you've been with? Sure. Friends I, I mean, I was in my early 20s. I just graduated from college. I was an English major. Oh, so, same. Um, <laughs> love the written word. Love communicating. And and figured out when I moved here that what I could do is put those skills to use. Um, doing good f for causes that I care about. So mm -hmm. have been in the nonprofit space for that entire time here in San Francisco um, in a variety of different sectors and missions. But um, this one is really special. Yeah. And how long have you been with Friends of the Urban Forest? I joined as executive director in June of 2021. So it'll be two years and a couple months. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And then I don't think we heard from you, Zima, about, Zima, about how long you've lived in San Francisco. I have lived in San Francisco and worked at Friends of the Urban Forest for four years, almost exactly. So since about 19, 2019. 2019, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, well, thank you both. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the history. Yeah. <clears throat> what the heck, besides mm -hmm. the stakes and the then, 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 who, what, when, where? Sure. Let's be journalistic yeah, for a Friends minute. Of the Urban For okay. <laughs> Friends of the Urban Forest was formed in 1981, so we're just over 40 years old. And its origin story is like a lot of other nonprofit organizations. A group of people who cared about a thing, in this case trees in our city, came together because they thought um, that the government, in this case the city and county of San Francisco, was not doing enough to address um, the conditions on the street. and. You know, we can talk about the history of San Francisco and going back pre-colonization. Um, what I like to remind folks of is that there were hardly any trees here at all. Mm -hmm. This was a landscape of sand dunes, Half hills, the grassland. Dunes, yeah. There were a couple of groves of coast live oak, we think, by Mission Bay. Maybe mm. it's controversial. The grove in Golden Gate Park was there before colonization um mm. oh. so this is this is maybe maybe but it's old yeah. let's put it that way it's old right they call it old growth and um it's old yeah uh you know whether it's been there before white folks or not so you say there's no white people and no trees yeah so it's <laughs> yes just say. yes uh a few there was the grove down by mission bay uh yeah. that there's evidence that that existed but yeah. um do we know much about, i mean i, I know yeah. we're this is a podcast about trees but like do we know much about the um the fauna of San Francisco pre-colonization? Oh, gosh. I would imagine there were, like, tool elk and, um, mm. you know, other Coyotes. You know, birds and pollinators and, and mm -hmm. yeah, mammals and predators up the food chain that yeah. you see 
in preserved natural areas along the coast in Northern California. I right. I don't think I don't think San Francisco is much different. But no, and maybe some. I'm looking at you. What do you think? That's pretty spot on. My yeah. understanding. Yeah. Maybe some mountain lions and coyotes and too. I was just say like the ones yeah. that were starting to make a comeback in the early yes. pandemic. Yes. Yes. They were probably here too. Popcats. Yeah. So yeah, Just this that. place this place is a built a completely built environment. People yeah. created this city and you know paved over everything that was there before it. And if you then look at photos of the cityscape from uh, the early 20th century, um, really until you know the mid 20th century, cars. <laughs> there are no trees anywhere yeah. in those photos. Yeah. None. Yeah. Um, and so we, we built a city, and uh, I think the idea of street trees and an urban forest was something that came after the houses and after mm-hmm. the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Golden Gate Park. and Since the 18s? Yeah, 1870s 70s? or 60s, I think. It's just, it was just a sesquicentennial Correct. in 2020. Yeah. So that means 1870 was yeah. when Golden Gate Park. Ooh. Yeah was founded and that was talking about john mclaren mm-hmm. you know they reclaimed the sand dunes reclaimed no they transformed Born. the sand dunes. reclaimed <laughs> is the wrong word yeah. they they transformed the landscape by planting first grasses and then trees and mm-hmm. the, uh, blue gum eucalyptus and monterey pine and cypress were the, mm-hmm. the three primary species in the park I'm okay good. Yeah. <laughs> like really so, no but i think yeah. that's a good point is that like yeah. um i mean yeah like golden gate park is a world-class Completely manufactured landscape. And Humans it was... did everything. The Stowe Lake is not a real lake. No. It's pumped in water from somewhere else. Yeah. The everything that's there is beautiful, and I love it. But it is. It's humans did all of that. Yeah. But also, it's part. You know, if you consider like all the other parks and say like we have a decent amount of parks, I would say. Mm-hmm. But like earlier in the earlier iterations of the city, green spaces were like intentional and. Right. Over here and over here and over here. Well, there's also like a very interesting like difference that you can see. Like if you look at photos of Oakland back when it was being settled, there were these massive oak trees. And so it was a part of the idea and the thought process when building cities to maintain those green spaces. But in San Francisco, you had sand dunes. So they weren't necessarily thinking, oh, let's preserve this tree for future generations. They were like, yeah, let's pave over the sand dune. We can put a building on it. And then it's now we can use it. So it's completely different mindsets, you know, when you're starting with dirt or Mm -hmm. really sand rather than natural forests or grasslands. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes us to 1981. Okay. And uh, the group's group of folks, they were, um, you know, I think we always say like concerned citizens. I know that's maybe a problematic <laughs> term, but, you know, folks that saw something, uh, saw the status quo, wanted to change it. Mm-hmm. And they formed Friends of the Urban Forest and started were just some... friends of each other or like, do we know much I, about? I think, you know, there were civic minded folks. They yeah. lived yeah. in the same neighborhood yeah. together. They were yeah. like neighbors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so our so. first tree was planted in 1981 in Noe Valley on 24th Street. And I can tell you that what species it was. Even this is one of my favorite yes. questions. It was a glossy leaf privet, okay, um, which we don't plant anymore. No, no. <laughs> but but it's still there on Twenty Fourth and Elizabeth. I want to say sounds about right to me. Yeah, that's still amazing. There Forty plus years later, I'm gonna try to get a picture yeah. of that for this. Idea. Yeah. Super cool. I was going to so, ask. So, yeah, That's that cool. was, you know, and, and since then, really, our model has not changed super significantly. It has changed in one or two important ways, but it's this idea of people coming together, um, doing more than any of us could do if we were just working on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this kind of collective impact model that has, I think, fueled 
the most important work that I've been a part of in this community. Um, yeah, people who see something, want to change it, come together. And that energy of coming together and pouring your passion and your efforts into something that you care about in a focused, organized way, that's how we mm-hmm. how change happens. Mm-hmm. And then it has like... Um the has the organization status as a nonprofit mm-hmm. was that sort of right off the bat relationship with the city incorporated in 1981 um, have always had a close relationship with the city by necessity because if you're going to dig up the sidewalk you need a permit to do that and that was true 40 plus years ago and it's still true today it's uh, largely city owned property right yeah the public right away any sidewalk the, or street is the public right away it is the after how many feet is it it's like six, uh, right, feet. six feet after the property line. Exactly. It's still considered the public right Perfect. Perfect. Right. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, our relationship with the city has been one that's been a close one that entire time. I think, you know, an important thing, and we could talk more about this, I think the most significant change in how Friends of the Urban Forest has done our work was 2016 when Proposition E passed that was established Street Tree SF, which is... Uh, really, prior to that, the street tree was the responsibility uh, for maintenance and, and the liability of the adjacent property owner. Okay. Um, street Tree SF changed all that, and the okay. voters changed that. And so since 2017, uh, the, those trees are the responsibility of the city to okay. maintain. And so that completely changed. We used to be paid a plant. People would come together with their neighbors and raise some money, and they'd come bring us out, and we'd do a block party, and... You know, everybody would pay a few hundred bucks and they'd get a tree. Mm -hmm. Um, That meant, of course, that neighborhoods that were more well-resourced, that had more advantages, had fewer things to worry about in their lives, had the, got more trees. And so we've totally changed our model since then. And it um, really is focused um, through a lens of environmental justice on under canopied or neighborhoods with less trees that have more environmental factors that might cause harm to the people who live there. Okay, yeah. I love it. So changing with the times. Yeah, I, I would say the times maybe maybe catching up is that a better too. way of saying that. That you know, too, that, yeah, yeah. That we probably had an imperative to, to do that work before 2016, definitely. And I think we, it took us, you know, it took that ballot measure to figure out how to change yeah. that paradigm. Well, um, one thing I'm thinking of, you know, like in 1981, it's not ancient past. And um, I would say like, you know, the modern... Um, Eco movement, environmental movement, probably started in the late '60s, early '70s, sure. and definitely took off. But um, you know, like how much of the mission of Friends of the Urban Forest today do you think was already there? Like, was it, or was it just like we want our neighborhoods to be prettier? Yeah, I think our mission today is uh, connecting people with nature and each other by planting and caring for San Francisco's trees and gardens. I think the core of that was part of our genesis and part of our founding. I do think, you know, the why behind that, why do we want to do that? For some people it was aesthetic and it was about property value and making things nice. And yeah. and there may have been some, you know, gatekeeping, you know, we can talk about gentrification and the roles that trees play in that and, and sort of the public realm. But um, I think the how we do that work is fairly consistent from our founding. That was Brian Wiedenmeyer and Zama Kasahun from Friends of the Urban Forest. Please join us for part two with Brian and Zama next Tuesday. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. 
Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fifth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show. And drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, weird, and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.